May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to week two of our message series, Unshakable. And in this series, we are taking the top seven prayer requests that have been turned into our church over this last year. And each week, we're going through one of those topics because these are the issues that we deal with over and over and over again. And when it comes to these issues, when these types of storms rage, we want to become as unshakable as a mountain. Now, I used to be a youth pastor. And I remember one time talking to a dad who was especially concerned about his son. Now, his son had been a part of the youth group, and he was just a really good kid. And uh, after he graduated, he went to school in Chicago. Um, and when he did, he started to experiment with, you know, a different side of life. He began to drink, smoke, and chew, and run around with girls who do, you know, that whole kind of thing. <clears throat> but even worse, and, you know, that was bad enough, but even worse, he really began to question and doubt the existence of God. Because he got tied in with a group of like pseudo-intellectuals, you know, like all college students, who thought that they had all of life figured out and that God had no place in it. You know, never mind that some of the most brilliant minds in all of history were Christ followers, Copernicus, Pascal, Galileo, Kepler, Descartes, Kelvin, Newton. But these this little group of 20-somethings, man, they had it all figured out. And this dad saw his son just drifting away. And talks between father and son had not gone all that well. You know, whenever they talked, he had come across as judgmental, closed-minded, self-righteous, condemning, and harsh. And after graduation, his son decided that he would just stay in Chicago. And father and son, who had once been so close, now they hardly talked. And every time that I would ask the dad about his son, I could see the pain on his face. Because he knew that he was part of the problem. I mean, he had made a stand for what he knew was right. But it was costing him a relationship with his son. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like the pain of broken family relationships. They leave a tremendous hole. And they cause tremendous amounts of regret. It's very difficult. Um when you're dealing with these kinds of things. And, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that pretty much every family has a broken or strained relationship in it. And nobody ever means for it to get that way, but it just does. And, and it's hard to know how to get it back. Well, this morning, the Lord is going to show us how we can begin to restore those broken relationships, or at least get the dialogue started. Now, before we get into it, I need to tell you two things. First is this, I'm not offering a guarantee. Because we cannot control how other people are going to respond. And the second thing is this, 
I am not encouraging anyone to go back into an abusive situation. Because to restore relationship to health, both people have to be healthy. So if there's abuse, whether it's physical or emotional or sexual, then I'm not just saying that you know, we should just jump right in, pretend like nothing ever happened, and then just hope for the best. That would be silly and naive. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about abuse later in the message today. But look, I just want to let you know that nobody's going to you know, drop any Jesus guilt on you about it, okay? So just you know, like rest easy with that, all right? But what are we to do when a family relationship becomes strained? I mean, it could, become, it could be because of a rebellious teenager, a college student that's gone astray, a divorce that's been incredibly divisive, a sharp disagreement over an inheritance, a family business that's gone bad. I mean, it could be any number of things. But when something happens that shakes my family apart, what do I do? How can my family become unshakable? Well, let me give you three things. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And here's the first one. Number one is this. Remember, what goes around comes around. You got to remember, what goes around comes around. Now, this is a phrase that we use all the time in American culture, but the truth behind it didn't originate in America. It actually originated in the Bible. Look at this first verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. The Bible says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Basically, the Bible says, if you don't think that you're going to reap what you sow, you are deceived. I mean, that kind of thinking mocks God because you absolutely will reap what you sow. And the American way to say it is, what goes around comes around. So when it comes to how you respond to family members, I mean, you need to remember what goes around comes around because you cannot mock God. The way you treat others is the way that someone is going to treat you or it's the way that they're going to treat your kids. So if there's a conflict in your family, look, before you just snap off a whole list of reasons of why they're wrong and you're right, before you give them a full dose of what they got coming, stop. Stop. Stop and think about what you are about to sow into your own life. Because what you say, what you sow, is what you will one day reap. And you want to reap kindness, patience, forgiveness, grace, a second chance, a 20-second chance. I mean, that's how you want people to treat you. You don't want to reap, you know, self-righteousness, anger, bitterness, rage, being judgmental, grudge-holding, you don't want any of that stuff. You've got to be careful what you sow because that's what you'll reap because what goes around comes around. Look at this next verse in Ephesians 4.2. It says this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. I want you to underline this next phrase. Making allowance for each other's faults. 
making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Do you do that? Do you make allowance for others' faults? Do you make allowances for your kids, your teenager, your college student, your grandkids to not do everything like you do it? Do you make allowances for other members of your family, for the one, you know, who's a little bit greedy, for the one who's kind of self-centered, for the one who just talks all the time, for the perfectionist? Although I don't really personally consider that much of a fault, I've heard some do. (laughs) But do you make allowances for the faults of others? Because remember, you can't mock God you will reap what you sow, both good and bad. All right, here's the second thing. Number two is this. Leave a bridge, don't burn one. Leave a bridge, don't burn one. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. It says, it says if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. And that is such a powerful verse. In fact, I want us all to repeat that verse out loud together, okay? Ready, go. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. But God is very clear here. I mean, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means you have to be the one that tries. You have to be the one that makes the effort. You have to be the one that makes the first move. Can you truly say that you've done that in all of your strained or broken relationships? Can you say that you've done that? Can you say it? You see, in relationships, whenever we get emotionally charged, we tend to say things that we regret. We tend to sometimes burn a bridge. And if we're really angry, we don't just like burn the bridge, like we nuke the bridge, you know. And then when we want to try to restore that relationship, it seems like there is no bridge for anyone to walk back across. Because what has been said has been so harsh, so upsetting, so mean-spirited, so unforgettable. Look, I mean, no parent wants that kind of a relationship with their kids, like ever. So let me just say this. That's one reason why this weekend on Saturday, um, this Saturday from 8.30 to noon, we're having a parent summit here at Parkway Fellowship because we want to help you as parents to guide your kids and your teenagers towards Christ and through life. And there's going to be some rocky roads ahead. So this parent summit is for you. And I'm going to be at the parent summit, not to teach, but to learn. Because I don't want to have a bridge burning experience with either one of my kids. I want to have a healthy relationship with my kids. So if you're not already signed for the parent summit, you need to get signed up. You need to do that today. Okay, all right, now, let me come back and talk about abuse like I said that I wanted to. Um, I'm not saying that anyone needs to go back into an abusive situation, okay? 
And I'm not even saying that you ought to just go ahead and invite someone that's been a perpetrator of abuse back into your life, back into your family, so they can continue that cycle. Honestly, I find nothing in the Bible that says that, nothing at all. But here's what I am saying, is that if that other person is ready to cross back over the bridge, part of crossing back over and doing life on your side of the bridge means that they cannot continue that cycle of abuse. They have to be a healthy member of the family. They have to be, they have to contribute to the overall health of the family and not be destructive. So if they haven't changed or they won't change or there's not a history of change, then you ought not to let them back over on your side of the bridge. Now, you need to leave a bridge, make sure that bridge is still there, and that they know that whenever they're ready to make those kinds of changes, and there's been a history of that change made, that they're welcome to cross back over and be a part of the family. You need to make sure that you've left that bridge. But when they come to this side of the bridge, they need to be, they need to play nice. They need to be a healthy, contributing person and part of your family dynamic. Okay, number three, from time to time, cross the bridge yourself. From time to time, cross the bridge yourself. I want you to look at a section of a biblical story about the prodigal son. I mean, you already be familiar with the story, but you know, let me sum it up for you. Bottom line, the son tells the dad that he wants his inheritance now so he can go out into the world and make his fortune. And I'm sure that caused a huge rift in the family at the time. And so, sure enough, um, the son takes the money and he goes out and he blows it all. And so, a few years later, all he's left with is the ability to eat the food out of a pig trough. And he realizes that his father's servants fare better than that. So he humbles himself and goes back home. And I want you to look at what happens when he does. In Luke 15, 18 through 20, the Bible says this. Here's, this is the son talking. He says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now, I want you to notice two things. First is this. Did the father go out into the world to go get his son? No, he didn't. He left the bridge so that his son could cross over if he wanted to. But now watch this. Did he just simply wait at the house for his son to come home? No. He walked to where he could see if his son was ready to come home. And when he did, and he saw his son, he ran to him. Here's what he did. He he basically crossed the bridge to see if his son 
was ready. And then when he saw his son and he saw that he was ready, he welcomed him home and walked him back across the bridge. Now look, maybe you realize that you are the one that has left your family. You are the prodigal. If that's you, you need to cross that bridge because look, make, um, make no mistake, that son was going to cross the bridge no matter what. But when he started getting close, he realized that his father was already there looking for him. And when his father had crossed the bridge, because he was looking to see if his son was ready, as soon as he saw him, he ran to him and embraced him and walked him back across the bridge into the family. And that's what you need to do. Just like the dad, you need to be able to do that, to walk across the bridge to see if they're ready, and if they are, walk them back into the family. Well, now, how do you do that? How do you cross the bridge to see if they're ready? Well, let me give you some suggestions. Maybe shoot out an occasional text. Send an email. Every now and then, send them a Facebook message. Make a phone call. Send a card on their birthday or at Christmas or on Mother's Day, on Father's Day. Something, anything. Because look, if you just wait for them to cross over, honestly, my fear is that they never will. I was talking to a member of our church this week, and he was telling me about his brother that 15 years ago, his brother divorced his wife even though there was no infidelity involved. And it caused a huge rift in the family because he was leaving behind a six, I mean, a two-year-old and a six-week-old baby. And so as you can imagine, the family kept up relationships with the daughter-in-law because they wanted to have a relationship with the kids. Well, he took that as that they were siding with her and not with him. And so it divided them. And this strong Christian family told the brother that while we don't agree with this divorce, we want you to know we love you. And we are leaving a bridge that you can cross over anytime you want to come be a part of this family. That was 15 years ago. And they still have no relationship with him. He never crossed the bridge, and he's not going to. And this week, when I was talking to this church member, he, was telling, he told me, he said this, he said, Mike, we thought we did everything right. We told him that we loved him. We left a bridge for him to cross back over. And he said, I'm telling you this, that strategy alone does not work. I was stunned. But I realized that it's because in order for that to work, that person has to get to the lowest of lows, just like the prodigal son, to swallow enough pride to be able to cross back over that bridge. But that, truthfully, it rarely happens. And so we have to be the ones that go over that bridge from time to time to invite them to come back. Because that's what your heavenly father did for you. 
long before you ever even thought about becoming a Christ follower. God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to die on a cross for you. And he died on a cross because in order for sin to be forgiven, someone has to pay the penalty. And Jesus paid the penalty for your sin and for my sin when he died on a cross. And in so doing, he built a bridge for you and I to cross over to have a relationship with God while we're here on this earth and to cross over so that we could go to heaven when we die. But God didn't just leave it like that. What God did was that your whole life, he has been crossing the bridge, inviting you to come into a relationship with him. Because maybe he put you in a family with a Jesus-loving mama or a God-fearing grandpa. Or maybe your whole life that there's been, from time to time, there's been someone that's in your life either at school or at college or at work that's been a religious person. Maybe someone's been inviting you to a Bible study. Maybe someone off and on has invited you to church. But regardless of how it went down, God has been reaching out to you your whole life, inviting you to have a relationship with him. And many of you have responded to that. Many of you responded to that invitation and have walked across that bridge, taken that step of faith, and become a Christ follower yourself. But some of you have not. Not yet. And I'm telling you, God has been reaching out to you your whole life. Maybe someone invited you to come to church. Maybe you received a flyer in the mail and you felt compelled to go. Maybe someone handed you an invite card. Maybe you were just driving by, saw the sign, and you thought, I'm going to give this my last-ditch effort. All of that is God reaching out to you, inviting you to cross the bridge, to come into a relationship with him, to become a Christ follower. At the bottom of your message notes is a sample prayer for how to become a Christ follower. I want you to look at that prayer. If you've never prayed that prayer, man, I want you to pray that this morning. I want you to pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then pledge your life to following him. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that here in just a second. And while you're thinking about that, I want to tell you um, how the story ended of my friend who had that wayward college student. After several years of a strained relationship, the dad just stopped telling his son how much he was screwing up his life and instead just tried to be as loving and as caring as he possibly could. One day, his son called his dad and he said, Dad, I've been doing a lot of thinking and this week I realized that my friends and my lifestyle aren't taking me anywhere in life. And all that stuff that you taught me about God when I was a kid, it's all true. And so dad, thank you. Thank you. Because I want to come back to him. I love you. Oh. And every time I think about that story, 
Every time I think about that experience between that father and that son, and it, it just it amazes me. And when he told me about it, I was so incredibly happy for them because I knew the pain that they had been through. Look, and I know that there are no guarantees. And I know that not every story has a happy ending, but here's what I am telling you. I'm telling you that if you make sure that you sow kind words into your relationships, if you will make sure that you leave a bridge and don't just burn it up, if you will from time to time cross that bridge, then here's what you're doing. You are giving God an incredible amount to work with in restoring those family relationships. And if that's the kind of family that you become, I'm telling you, that is the way that your family can become unshakable in their relationships. So here's what I want you to do. Pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. On the card and on the notes, I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to take today. Look at this first one. I will sow kindness, patience, love, and tolerance into my family relationships with my words. Next, as much as it's up to me, I commit to do what it takes to live at peace with each person in my family. That's huge. Number three, I commit to hold my tongue and not burn bridges in my relationships. Man, I tell you, if you just did that one thing, there'd be a whole lot less bridge burning in this world, wouldn't it? Next, sign me up for the Parent Summit this Saturday, September 28th from 8.30 to noon. There's a flyer in your worship guide. If you want to go to that summit, all you have to do is just check this box. We will sign you up. Look, you can just pay at the door on Saturday. I mean, you can pay in the lobby this, that, this morning if you want to, but if you just check this box, just pay Saturday. Don't even worry about that. Just come. It is going to be fabulous. Next, I commit that from time to time, I'll reach out to that person that I have a difficult relationship with. I know that takes courage. And I know that that seems really hard at times. But that's what you'd want someone to do for you. Aren't you glad that that's what God did for you before you even knew you needed it? So do that for someone else. It's a very Christ-like way to live. Next, I'll memorize Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Did you memorize that verse? Or this last one. I know the Lord is reaching out to me. And I want to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you're ready to pray that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Here's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody to look at your connection card. Look at, these, look at the next steps that you've taken. I want to give you a few moments to do business with God, to commit yourself to following through with these next steps. And if you want to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to pray that prayer. I want everybody right now, bow your head and look at these next steps and do business with God. I'm going to give you a few moments to do that right now.
Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for the fact that you brought us here today to hear how we can restore these relationships that are broken. Because you want us to be in a right relationship with everybody that's willing. And so I pray for every single person in this room that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us insight, that you would give us courage to try to restore those relationships, that you would give us the wisdom to never to burn a bridge, but to always leave a bridge, that you would help us to sow good and kind words into every relationship, and that you would give us the strength and the courage from time to time to cross the bridge, to see if someone's ready, and walk them back over. And I thank you, Father, that you have done that for so many people in this room that are already Christ followers. And for those that aren't, God, I pray that you would have given them the courage to take that step today because you've been inviting them to come to you for their whole life. And help us to come back safely next week to hear more of what you have to say about how you want us to become unshakable. I ask you to do all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.